Hey everyone, this is Verbs Boyer, and some of you may or may not know that we actually have two podcasts that we run on a weekly basis. One of them, of course, being Lead to Win, hosted by Michael Hyatt and Megan Hyatt Miller, as well as the focus on this podcast, hosted by myself, Courtney Baker, and Blake Stratton. So today, you have the mother of all podcasts, the two joint forces. We have a whole room of folks who are excited to jump into this conversation today as we talk about what it means to get ready, to get set, and really jumpstart your new year with your goals. So I just want to welcome everybody. Everybody's here. Michael, Megan, Courtney, say hello, please. Hey, Verbs. Thank How you for hosting us. Great hey, Courtney. Hey, guys. It's really fun to be with y'all today. I'm so excited about this. So we're missing one person. That's true. Blake. Wah, wah. <laughs> hey, but this is pretty good. We have four out of five. I feel, I I feel great about that. That's true. We'll have to amp up our our very dry humor, you know, just mm-hmm. to like fill the gap for Blake. Um, so, <laughs> verbs, that's on you, man. Hey, dad jokes are locked and loaded, ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, we had some impressive dad jokes before we started, which we'll spare y'all from, <laughs> but <laughs> they were on point. So, 2022, guys, this is happening. Does anybody else still feel like it's 2019? I'm struggling a little bit. My mind hasn't caught up to the fact that years have passed um, since this whole pandemic. I I don't know. I'm I'm in some some kind of like time warp, I feel like. I I agree. I mean, I feel like I've lost kind of two years of my life that I can't fully account for. Like I was abducted by aliens (laughs) and I have yet to be returned to Earth. Now, 2022 does sound very futuristic. Yeah, I sort of feel simultaneously like it's 2019 and also like I'm already in 2022. So my number one strength, you know, on the strengths finders test is futuristic. So this happens to me at this time of year, every year where I have to remind myself that I still have to finish this current year because I'm already so far into Q1 of the next year that I have to just, you know, pull myself back. So it's weird. It's a strange time warp kind of feeling. It's it's pretty weird when you look at the near term and your mind already says it's the past. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. This has been such an extraordinary time, but this has probably permanently changed everything. People are making decisions, have made decisions, and the future, I think, is going to look very different than the past. That's That's really interesting because I feel like 2021, I think once we got through 2020, we thought that like snapback effect was going to go into play. You know, we could mm-hmm. just kind of treat that like it was an, you know, like a one-time event and then our lives went back to normal and we proceeded. And I think this year we found out like that's not exactly how this was, you know, going to go. Even to that point that sometimes I, I feel like 2021 has been harder yeah. because 2020 we were all, we were all in it together. We were like, this is hard. You know, like we can all agree. This is hard. This is difficult. But I think we, we had such hope for 2021 that we just, we weren't really as present with like, oh no, this is actually still hard. You know, like we're still very much in the middle of this. Well, Courtney, I feel like that's a a really good place to kind of transition a little bit into our topic today, which is, you know, before we can really fully put ourselves in the headspace of 2022 and start asking questions about what we want and thinking about that, 
I mean, I think for a lot of people, you're right. 2021 has been harder than 2020. And man, if we had said that in the middle of 2020, we would have been like, what? Really? Right? I mean, that would have been almost an unbelievable thing to imagine saying. But we we kind of have to be real about the challenges of 2021 before we can be freed up to think about what we want 2022 to be like. Do y'all agree with that? I mean, am I am I right? Am I wrong? No, I agree. I think one of the things that's difficult as well is things are still changing. So whether it's, right. you know, the business owners trying to figure out, hey, are we going to call our workers back into the office? Like everything right. is still kind of in flux, which really you're waiting for things to settle. But then there's still this pressure of having to decide something going forward as far as, you know, what you plan to do and what you plan 22 to look like. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things as we look back over the last 18 months, 24 months, whatever, I don't think anything was hard in the sense, I mean, it was, I know it was hard for a lot of people because as we're recording this, you know, there's this devastating series of tornadoes that went through the Midwest, through Kentucky, through Illinois and, and all that. But I think for everybody else, you know, I don't think it was hard because there were anything that was so tragic unless maybe you lost a loved one or something, but it's just the the tedium of it, the fact that it just kind of goes on and on and on. And just when you think, you know, we're about to come out of it, then we go back into it. And I think we've absolutely, if we're going to jumpstart, if we're going to set ourselves up for success, then we've got to get in a different headspace. And that's really what we're here to do today. Dad, I was sharing this with you and we had lunch. We just had lunch right before this recording. And I read a statistic, it was a big news story over the last week about how we have lost more people in America to COVID than in all of our wars combined, which is just like, I'm sorry, what? Like that is an astonishing statistic in one out of every hundred older people has been lost to COVID. That was a big news story today, right? And so a lot of us have lost loved ones or we we have somebody that we really care about who has lost loved ones and or we've had other losses, you know, maybe they're like what they call ambiguous loss, things that are, you know, kind of harder to determine, not like death, but but certainly death has played a factor too. So, you know, I think it just sort of bears conversation. How do we grieve those things while also being hopeful? Because this is a time of year where normally we're turning our attention to being hopeful. We're thinking about the future. But I know, you know, we have had, even within Michael Hyatt and company, our fair share of tragedies within our our team and other things like that. You know, we, um, Joel and I lost a couple of people we cared very much about in the last year that were tragically killed in a car accident, nothing related to COVID. But, you know, these are big things that we kind of have to make space for while also maybe making space for hope. And I'm just curious what y'all think about that. I think for starters, we have to acknowledge the loss because all grief is the result of, of a loss. And it might be small, it may be large, but there's no way to resolve it or work through it. And that's really the thing. It's not going to be just like, we're going to share with you three tips here and boom, you know, you're over it, but we're going to start the process. And I think it has to start by acknowledging the loss, you know, not, not making it worse than it was, but not making better than it was, but just acknowledging it for what it was. For me, you know, I think that grief, you know, I, I'm not great at doing that, of, of holding the space for that. Um, but I think there's like so much power in that. And to your point that there's like a full scope of 
that grieving, you know, what that looks like for different people um, as we've gone through the past year. I, I guess my my question I would love to kind of throw back. I mean, why not? Since you two are both here, you know, I'm going to take this to my full advantage. What's the cost when we don't do that? You know, like yeah. what's the repercussion if, you know, obviously if 2021, you know, we get into next year and just think like, oh, that that was hard. But man, I'm so glad for this fresh start, like dusted and done, like moving on. Because uh, that that's certainly my personality. Like I'm just like next, like let's just. Let's, let's get to the next thing. I think the cost of not doing it, part of the cost is that if you don't process those emotions, they're going to resurface in really ugly ways. You know, emotions get buried alive and they come back to haunt you. And so I think that, you know, we have to acknowledge and then we have to begin that process. And I think part of what that means, Courtney, and you and I are both Enneagram threes, so we don't like uncomfortable emotions, but the truth is you got to feel what you feel and you got to acknowledge that and you've got to feel it. And the more deeply, and I'm not talking about, again, making it worse than it is or conjuring up something, but I'm just saying, I'll give yourself permission to feel the emotion because again, if you don't, and, and this will resonate with you, Courtney, because you and I both like productivity, it'll make you very unproductive when you have, when you crash and burn because you didn't process that emotion. Yeah. So I was in therapy a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to my therapist about this very topic, just losses, and how I kind of felt like those losses had caught up with me. And she said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to create a timeline. I want you to get a piece of graph paper, and I want you to sketch out this last two years, you know, one square for each month. And I want you to just write, like, what happened? in each of those squares. And I got this graph paper that has like um, inch or half inch squares. So like you can actually write more than, you know, what you remember from your classes in high school, <laughs> you know, what you can write mm-hmm. very much of those squares. And it was really fascinating to go through. And I'll tell you what I saw. First of all, you know, 2020 was primarily marked by external and early 2021 by all these external big things that probably we all share in common. And you kind of see how if you imagine one event as one square, you know, you have like little points on a timeline like March, and then you have all these boxes underneath it. You know, there are some months where there were six, seven, eight, ten things that happened And wow, like for me, the outcome was a lot of self-compassion. Like no wonder I'm down here in late 2021 with a lot of feelings that just feel overwhelming because I was kind of going from one thing to the next and all these circumstantial things, you know, and then you get into 2021 and there's more personal stuff, you know, challenges with kids or you know, people experiencing losses in our company or our own personal losses with people that we loved, you know, and just like, wow, those are those are a lot of things. And I think there's something about seeing it in black and white on paper that enables you to be objective and kind of kind to yourself in a way that, um, you know, Courtney, I think you and I, we have different Enneagram types, but we're similar in that, you know, we can plow through a lot and it's easy to be tough on yourself. Like, why can't I, why don't I feel like I just have the same level of resilience? Well, I think that sometimes that's because, you know, you've had your your butt kicked and and once you acknowledge those things and kind of honor your own experience, it starts to then make room for 
something new and a changing of the seasons. But I don't think when you don't inventory those things, it's, you can do that very easily. Verbs, I'd love to hear your thoughts if you feel comfortable talking about it. I know yeah. you, you went through a huge loss this year, so this is far, probably very present to you. But how are you thinking about all this? Yeah. And I'm just, as we're talking, I'm thinking about how I am thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, as you, as we mentioned, <clears throat> significant amount of loss that I think most of humanity is experiencing in some sort of way, whether it's a job lost, a house or a home lost due to the economy, uh, whether it's a family member. And so in my case, you know, I lost my dad uh, a few months back um, due to COVID and a couple of family members since then as well. And, you know, I think it, you get to the point, as Megan mentioned, like there's so much stuff happening. And this is probably the first time that we've been in this mode of countless occurrences happening that it just compounds. And we just don't really know how to exactly process it or how to move forward beyond that. Even if you were that type that Courtney mentioned it, hey, I'm used to just boom, pick it up. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving without having to fully kind of sit in the moment, process the moment, acknowledge it. Um, and where loss occurs to even to use a, a biblical word is just lament over that occurrence yeah. and just feel it. Um, and so I don't I don't know that I'm I'm in the middle of it currently, um, just with our loss and our family. But what I do know is you've said this countless times, Michael, I've heard you say, you know, we've we've survived 100 percent of what you faced um, challenge wise. You've you've survived it. Speaking of us being in the present knowing that we've experienced hardships in the past, we've made it through those hardships. And so just uh, really thinking about the present moment, knowing and recounting and um, logging and and, uh, acknowledging the grief and the loss, but knowing, hey, there's still life to live. There still is something that's coming up Um, and looking towards that and asking questions like, well, what is this? What does this mean for me? I know what it means for me now, but how can I use the past experience to really help design what's coming about in the future. And I think that's that's where hope kind of sets in is because if mm-hmm. it's if you can see it and you can grab it, then it might not be hope. But if it's something you can look optimistically toward and envision it, then that's hope. And hopefully that's enough to pull you towards whatever that thing is that you want to set and frame up for 2022 to be able to to experience. I think that's really right. You know, uh, when I followed up with my therapist after I made that timeline, I was sharing it with her and, you know, of course she really validated it. She said, you know, one of the things that happens when you've kind of been in this prolonged state of emergency, you know, which I think we have been in and various, maybe less so this year, but certainly last year is that you kind of get into a place of self out of self-protection, you become hypervigilant, right? So you're mm. like looking for all the things that could go badly because it, you know, our, this is our like primitive brains work. They, they think if they know and they can just grab a hold of it and feel anxious about it, that somehow that's protective. And it's really not, of course, we all know that, you know, that worry is not protective ultimately, but she said, you're going to have to be intentional now about shifting your focus to the good, you know, and she didn't mean that in a trite way. She meant like in a disciplined way, looking for what is good and beautiful and true around you because you have kind of overdeveloped out of necessity that muscle as we all have over the last 18 months. And now how can we look at the things that we do have control over? How can we look at the things that are blessings in our life, the points of gratitude really like legitimately 
that we have uh, places to be grateful for. And not only is that healing, but it's hopeful as we look ahead to 2022, you know, because there have been many blessings in the midst of this season. And um, I think we really do have an opportunity to exercise our agency as we look ahead to the new year. I think we all know none of us have complete control. I mean, there's one thing we've learned in the last two years, we don't have complete control and that was an illusion. And at the same time, we have a lot of influence around a lot of important things in our life that that have significance and impact on the people we love the most. I would add, and it's it's important not to feel guilty about about that yeah. what you just said, Megan. Um, is mm-hmm. you know, hey, there are good things to celebrate, so let's celebrate them without without mm-hmm. shame and guilt that we're not that we may be discrediting what has happened or trying not to acknowledge what has happened as far as the law. So that's good. I think another shift that we can make as we think about, or we go through this process and we think about the new year is what lessons can we distill from the experience? And, you know, you can't do this too soon. Like you really do have to acknowledge it and process it and, you know, feel all the feelings. But once you kind of get to the point where you've done that, then I think it's important to distill it. And I, you know, I don't know why all these things happen, you know, and for a lot of people, I heard the the governor of Kentucky, his press conference on Saturday after the, that devastating tornado that was on the ground for 220 miles, just unbelievable, over 100 people dead. You know, and he said, he said, you know, I don't, I don't know why these kind of things happen. I don't know why inflation's happening. I don't know why the economy's where it is. I don't know why the pandemic. I don't know why we've had these series of storms. I don't know any of that. I don't know the answer. But he said, I do know that we're going to get through this and that there are lessons to be learned in it. And I think that's true for us too. There's lessons to distill. And I know back in the in the 90s when I went through a, a bankruptcy, you know, I would never want to repeat that, but I would not want to trade the lessons that I learned from that really hard experience. And for whatever reason, I think that's that's kind of the only way that humans learn is through hard experiences. And I wish there was a different way, but you know, I think we we don't want to waste what we went through. And one of the best ways to not waste it is to ask ourselves the question, okay, what can we pull from that, that will serve us into the future so that we turn that into rocket fuel for the future, as opposed to ballast, you know, that holds us back and, and keeps us from getting lift. Well, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I think in our next conversation about this topic, but one of the things that I think has been really great about the hardest parts of the last two years, and you read about this in articles everywhere is that people have more clarity about what matters to them now than they've ever had. Yeah. You know, so as we think about, okay, what kind of year do we want to design in 2022? Well, we know a lot more. If you had asked us this question in 2019, right? And us being everybody listening, all of us together, we probably had less clarity than we have now. You know, we, first of all, we've had some significant losses, And we've had some significant reorientation of our lives around our priorities, you know, simplification of things last year, maybe less so this year. But we've had to ask a lot of hard questions about what are we going to keep? What do we want to go back to? What do we never want to go back to? And I think two years in, last year, that might have been kind of a dizzying, you know, after effects of shock. We've had a little more time to sit with that. I think we have clarity that only comes on the backside of loss and struggle and even suffering. And I think that difficult and costly though it is to to come to that place 
is a really great place to start thinking about what you want to create from because there's a groundedness to it that's not frivolous. It's not about what other people think. It's not about some external expectation. It's really about what matters most in life. And I think that's empowering and exciting. Yeah, I think what you're saying is like there can be a lot of clarity in crisis. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there is like a focusing that can come from from that um, as we kind of look ahead. I mean, I love that we see it all over the place, the great um, resignation. You know, like we're seeing the effects of that in business of people having more clarity than they they had, you know, two years ago about what they want. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I think that's a really powerful thing as we move into the next year to kind of harness. Even if people like me do not love taking the things off the shelf. This is my therapist. She's like, it's fine when it's up there on the shelf, that that grief or like having to think through the last two years. If they can stay up there on the on the shelf, that's great. It's when we have to take it off the shelf and and talk about it, like on this podcast episode. Uh, that is that it's hard. But I mean, I think that is like the power of like learning from those experiences, Michael, like what you were saying of um of you know figuring distilling that um into things that we can use in the future um is really powerful. One of the things that I think too as we look back over the past, it's easy to get focused on all the negative stuff. And Megan, you kind of alluded to this a moment ago. And uh, I was listening to another podcast this morning and the speaker was saying, you know, we're kind of hardwired for survival. So we naturally look at what's missing, what's wrong, what puts us at risk, you know, all those negative things. And so we think, I think as humans, we have to force ourselves to think of the positive things too, because I think if you look back and start taking inventory, Megan, you probably experienced this in your therapy when you're doing the timeline, there were some good things that happened, some really good things, really good things for us that happened in our business. Also, some really good things that happened for us uh, individually. You know, I feel like we connected more as a family than ever before. And so there were some really, really good things. And I think if we're going to have a balanced, realistic view of the past so that we can plan a balanced, you know, view of the future, then we've got to, we've got to see the whole picture. We just can't get so hyper-focused on the negative that we distort what happened. Uh, we've got to be balanced. We've been talking now for a little while, you know, about the challenges of 2021. We've been talking about where uh, we want to transition to thinking about 2022 and what some of the opportunities and challenges are there. And we're going to continue that conversation. Verbs will tell us a little bit more about our next episode here in a second. But we don't want to leave you guys at loose ends without a concrete place to go with some action that you can take a path forward, so to speak, as you're thinking about how you want to design 2022. So we want to invite you to a free training um, that I think will really be helpful in this conversation. Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I'm hosting a series of webinars over the next few days. It's called Become Your Best in 2022, Seven Steps to the Life You Want. And the whole premise is that you kind of got two alternatives as you look to the future, as you look to 2022. 
you can kind of just throw up your hands, say, I don't have any control, and then just kind of drift through 2022 and hope that you end up at a better destination than maybe you ended up in 2021. Or you can design the future. And that's what we really talk about. And, you know, we get fully that we don't have 100% control of everything, but things go so much better with planning. So Dwight Eisenhower once said that plans are worthless, but planning is everything. And we think that's true here. So we're going to give you some really concrete steps so that you can kind of change the narrative so that you can pivot, get on your toes, get off your heels and start focusing on how you can make a difference in 2022 and end up at the end of it with a great result that you'd be proud of and, uh, you know, a great sense of a year well spent. Well, what's been fun about this webinar, because we've actually already started doing these, we've had just rave reviews about it. And it's probably one of the very best webinars we've ever done based on the feedback we're getting for people. I just think it's timely. And, you know, folks want a way to think about the last year and the year coming up that makes sense and it feels productive and gives them kind of a sense of control back. So I'm pumped about this. You guys, this is time well spent. So join us for that webinar at bestyearever.me slash webinar. Verbs, tell us what we've got coming up on the podcast next. Absolutely. So this next conversation that we'll have, we'll be talking about the agency that you have in paving your own hope for the future. So we'll be talking about stories that we tell ourselves, as well as identifying limiting beliefs and liberating truths. So tune in tomorrow. Michael, Megan, thank you for joining us, or I should say thank you for allowing us to join you on this podcast (laughs) feed. Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you, speak to you soon. See you tomorrow, right here. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for joining us. That's where my head is. It's like, that's my, my I'm programmed to say, stay focused. Stay winning. Stay winning. Stay until, winning. Stay winning. Then, <laughs> stay winning. Stay winning. Stay winning. Stay winning.